What's going on? Welcome to Canel and Bell. Danny Canel, Raja Bell with you on this Friday as we are both watching the clock closely. We have 12 seconds until we are both trying to get the brand new, the drop that is happening to Kobe 4 Potros, which are coming out in four seconds. We are both on the sneakers app trying to sign up for these. We have been told by our sneakerhead, our resident sneakerhead, Ruben, that we have no chance of getting these. So we are now trying to log in. Now, I think this is going to be incredibly 12 and a half's gone already. Oh my goodness. Oh, I need to add payment. I'm so done at this point. I have no chance now. I thought I had the payment in there. This is going to be a joke because Raja now is totally distracted. He will not be able to do it. I don't have payment, so I have no chance now. 13 is still available, but this is the lengths we will go to to try to get what we want, and that is these pair of shoes, which I'm are pending. pretty fresh. I'm pending. You got pending? I got my pending password now. in there. See, mine's all, so now I got the dreaded circle. Like, oh, there we go. So I can at least add a payment uh, in there. Um, it's just, when you look at this, this is why I've gotten off the sneakerhead mm-hmm. uh, train because I got really into it. There were a couple Jordans that dropped and I was trying to get them. Mm-hmm. And every time they were in demand, which I would say these Kobe fours are in demand. I never got a pair that I really wanted every single time they were gone within a few minutes. And I have a hunch. That's what we're going to be doing. Uh, in a few minutes is we will be without luck, no shoes in hand, unless you get the got them. Uh, oh, baby boy, come on, come on, <laughs> Danny. Danny, let's yeah. while you guys are trying totally to get these shoes, while you guys yeah. are trying to get these shoes, keep going. There's actual sneaker news, and I hit you guys up about this last night. Now I have beef because I hit you guys up last night. I said Ric Flair, the Ric Flair, woo, woo, signed a deal with Adidas, and you said the woo is tired. Danny, what are you talking about? I don't know technically if I said the woo. You said something woo, was tired. I don't know what was tired. I just said it tired, was Danny. tired. All right, so here's my deal. Yeah. Ric Flair, love him. He's an icon. Sure. I'm done already because I have too many passwords I can't even get All right. to. All right. Um, You're out. Ric Flair, great story. The 30 for 30, him, his daughter. The story mm-hmm. is incredible. Is it? He was a legend. Uh, you know, as far as the wrestling community is concerned, when I covered Memphis football, they bring out the robe. They play tribute to him. Right. It's incredible. Um, but I will say this. I don't know how cool it's going to resonate with kids. You know, like, I don't know if Ric Flair resonates with well, my, kids kind of the no, market. my kids have no it, idea. That's exactly my point. Right. Like, and I just think he's kind of his fame, his popularity, his cool factor. It's yeah. kind of ran its course. Now I get he's, uh, he's kind of has a cult following. Right. I'm not throwing shade on anybody. To think Ric Flair is awesome because he is. I just don't know if this is going to be as successful as the Travis Scott deal with Jordan, the Yeezys with Adidas, um, the Pharrells with uh, Adidas, like anybody right. else, any other celebrity. I just don't know if it's going to resonate the same. Like think about all those are trendy, hip, current names. I just feel like Ric Flair is a name that has had its time in the limelight. Have you had any luck yet, by the way? Um, are you I, still spinning? Or are they saying, my oh, size hold. 10 is pending and my wife's size 9 for my other son is pending. Yeah, you so got no I'm chance. holding out hope. You got no chance. You might as well just go on to StockX and pay up for them because you ain't going to find Well, them. that I refuse to do. But I'm it depends. Not, sometimes sometimes the aftermarket on yeah. these, if they're 180, that's what they're going for, the Black Mambas, the Kobe 4 Protros. If they're 180, they might only be 210 or 220 aftermarket. Now, Ruben might say, hey, they're going to be 500. or what. Those, those waffles yeah. the other day, those are on. He was right. The, the projected aftermarket resale. Was like five or six hundred bucks because I really liked some of those white on white. Here's the crazy cool. part about this, and this is my beef. Like, my kids are getting these to destroy them. 
<laughs> like, right. We're not getting right. them to like wear Showcase. them two times and keep them in a box. Like keep them these clean. will get destroyed. But that's good though. Like that's I know. But so I ain't paying five hundred and sixty dollars for them. Yeah. All right. So we'll keep you updated on that. No, we do have to waiting. do a show. So we've totally hijacked that first uh, three minutes of the show. But we do have NFL to talk about because last night, although we didn't miss that much, if you didn't stay up late to watch it, it was ugly. It was not the prettiest game. The Carolina Panthers. You got shut out. Is it official? It's no. Oh. Sold out. There I, it is. I literally got, I told hit it. You. I hit I, it. Immediately at 10.01. You did it 10 minutes at 10 o'clock and three seconds. I'm telling you, I knew it was going to be that. It that's, wasn't even three seconds. That's why I got off I the did shoe it, game. I did it at 10 o'clock and one second. That's why I got off the shoe game. It's too frustrating. Got to make things like worse, album. Raja. I'm going to make what? things a little worse for you. Somebody else Coca got him. got him. Shut up. He did? Oh, my goodness. That's uh, unreal. Uh, all right. Well, anyway, that's right. why I get too frustrated. All right. Speaking of frustration, Carolina Panther fans are frustrated. Cam Newton is frustrated. He did not have the best game. Uh, he didn't, they did not, were not able to score going in late in that game, fourth and a, inches yep. uh, from the two with about a little over a minute left. They do not get it done. Cam Newton, after the game, took ownership for it. Have a listen. I feel okay, you know, um, <laughs> you know, but uh, you're not going to hear no type of reasons why tonight didn't go as planned. I have to be better. No matter what physical condition I'm in, no matter what foot, shoulder, I ain't get the job done tonight, man, and it's, and it's frustrating. I wish I could say something other than that, but, you know, that's that's the facts. And, you know, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm extremely – Brutally honest person, you know, with people, and I'm extremely brutally honest with myself. And I got it's time for me to look myself in the mirror and, you know, do some real soul searching because I had opportunities tonight and um, I didn't get it done. All right, I don't know if our mics were open when you heard me laugh out loud. Um, if you want to do some soul searching, and I am not, I'm not like. Look at yourself in the mirror. Like you just said, I want to look at myself in the mirror. You clearly haven't looked at yourself in the mirror. The look is like. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. Like, you think, how do you think Panthers fans feel after a loss? They're 0-2, and he trots out there in that look. It's kind of like Odell's watch. Does it matter? No. But you're presenting yourself like a complete clown when you go out there with a no. the scarf on your head no. looking like an idiot. No, 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 no. You have, yes. to able, you have to be able to separate your fashion. What's the difference in that and Odell's everyone watch? Everyone else's fashion. What's that in the difference in Odell Beckham's watch? Well, we both agreed on that. Like, he looks stupid and it's like, why are you doing yeah, that? Yeah, because you don't need that watch. You don't need that outfit. But you need a outfit. You're just saying that you don't agree with his outfit. Correct. Odell Beckham didn't need that watch to go out there and play on the football field. Correct. Everybody in the game did not have a watch on. Everybody that addresses the media is wearing clothes. You just don't agree with the clothes he's chosen to Do wear. You? Those are two different things. Do you agree with the clothes he's chosen to His wear? His fashion sense is is unique. Like Bizarre. I would not wear. Awful. I would not wear that. But I don't think it has anything to do with. His ability to go out there or inability there, uh, that, uh, uh to go out there no. and do his job. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, no, well, like, clearly it doesn't impact his play on the field. And I don't Although, think, I, I don't, do think he spends more time worrying about his outfits than he does about his game. <laughs> he said he wants to do some soul searching. If you really want to evaluate everything, yeah. everything you're doing, approaching the game. And this has been my issue. I don't think he does. I don't think he looks at his offseason and says, how can I be the best quarterback? I think he goes about his business. I'm not saying he's a bad pro. I just don't think he elevates his games and t pays attention to finer details and just spending, you know, hours in the offseason in the film room with North Turner breaking down how can I take my game to the next level because he's so physically gifted. He doesn't have to. He can still be an incredible player. Yeah. But the thing is, I, I just, I, if he did, 
he could be unstoppable. When you combine his size, his arm talent, his running ability, all of it, he could be unstoppable. And that's what drives me nuts because he just, I feel like he's max. I feel like he's done it. And it's because of him. He could get more, but he just, he doesn't. If he honestly, if he's being honest and saying, I'm doing soul searching, I think he would reevaluate the way he prepares and his mindset in the offseason and even during the weeks leading up to games. Well, when you are more physically gifted than someone else, um, you don't have to do as much preparing. Like I've seen right. NBA players that are so gifted, they don't have to work nearly as hard as the guy who's not as gifted to be better than him. Um, so what's happened to Cam is – Cam has taken a lot of punishment in the NFL. Over a thousand rushes, right, in the mm-hmm. NFL. Um, he's not the same physical specimen. He doesn't move the same. Todd Bowles apparently told his defensive players last night, like, you know, he's still got an arm, but he's, he's lost all that quickness on the run. And you could see him. We'll get into whether or not that was the right call on, on fourth down at the end of the game, but you saw him earlier in the game trying to pick up a fourth down. Um, and they, it came when up he short. Reached for it. Yeah. That was, t- he looked, like a lumbering player, like a non-athletic quarterback. And he's been anything but that. So my point is, if you're going to lose the ability to create with your legs and those natural um, physical gifts, then you must take strides in the mental preparation and the execution uh, side of things. And 24 for 50, some of those throws late in the game, while he did get, they were bad misses, Mm -hmm. you know? And so you have to take that step on that uh, in that aspect of the game, if you're going to sacrifice in the physical part of the game, a, now, a lot of these misses that have been put out to be his, you know, shoulder, his shoulder is taking the blame. A lot of them are footwork related. I see footwork issues. Right. I see bad decisions, mm-hmm. which pay off. And that's it doesn't, but the lack of payoff is because if he was fundamentally a little bit more sound or some of those where he's getting pressure, if he, and this is like kind of getting into the details of the position. But if he's that aware, and you can start recognize blitzes when they're coming. You can start reading coverages, reading safeties, reading linebackers, where he's physically gifted enough where if he knows that pressure is coming, he can keep giving ground, right? not set his back foot in the ground, not take that hit, buy a little bit more time, and then throw it. Yep. Kind of like the throw Lamar Jackson made. Remember yeah. Lamar Jackson throw sure. he made that you were talking about? Not a lot of guys can make that throw. Cam Newton can make that throw. But instead, he'll take his same drop, step his back foot, and he'll try – and he's getting pressure – but if he was aware of yeah. the big picture and retreating and saying, all right, I know I'm going to be pressured, but I know I'm going to have a one-on-one and it's a race. I just have to buy enough time to get it off. Like That's kind of the next level stuff that at his point in his career, he should be taking that next well, level. For, there are two things. Um, first of all, I don't, I, don't, I don't know that at that point in your career, you become that guy. Right. If you go from being the guy who never worried about that kind of stuff to all of a sudden, I don't know, how many years has he been in the league? Nine? Like, I don't know a lot of quarterbacks or, or just players in general, even in the NBA. They just make a complete 180 in terms of the way they prepare and the things that they put stock in as a professional. It rarely happens. I'm not right. saying that he can't do it, right. but it rarely happens. I asked a question the other day. You remember what I asked? We were talking about um, Jameis Winston mm-hmm. and the game that they had against uh, the Panthers. And yep. I asked and I said, it's going to be time real soon for North Carolina or for Carolina to start at least having the conversations behind closed doors about what's next after Cam. When does that conversation start to be had? Uh, start to be had. I thought it should have been had already. Mm-hmm. Um, not because I didn't think he still had football in front of him, but I see the way it's trending. So I got to start to prepare for that. It's a very real thing now. Like it's a very real thing. And one more thing, Danny, and I want my wife watched the game with me last night. First thing she said to me, first quarter of the game, 
his body language yep. is terrible. Totally. She said it. Like, as, as just an athlete. She's an athlete, but not really understanding football like, like, like you would. It's the first thing that stuck out to her. And that's interesting when you got a helmet on and you got all these pads on. In the NBA, I can see your face, so I totally. can see if you're disinterested. Yep. When that speaks to her in the first quarter, it's a real thing. You know what he was doing throughout the game? You go in the huddle, and I never did. I was always taught don't uh, go down or take a knee because you're wasting energy. Yeah. Like if you go in the huddle 50 times and you go to your knee, it's like doing 50 extra squats. Correct. He still does it, which is fine. A lot of quarterbacks do it. When he takes his knee and he looks up, calls the huddle, what would happen? The team goes out. Did you notice how slow he was yeah. getting up? Like he would almost stay there on a, on a knee yep. in a kneeled position and be like, oh, I got to get up to make this play. <laughs> like seriously, you, your wife noticed it. It was yes. so obvious. Yeah. He's like – He's not having fun. When he was at his best, when he's at MVP season, he's dabbing on people. Yeah. He's having fun. He's smiling. And yeah, that's great when you're winning, but I don't care if you have to fake it. You can't be out there lumbering around like, Oh, this is work. Right. And it, it's, it, it starts to, it's infectious. It's contagious. And I think that does play off some of the other players in that huddle. We talked about the press conference yesterday mm-hmm. and in his press conference, he looked like he was tired or disinterested or just kind of, you know, exhausted with whatever process he was going through. Um, I don't know that you ever see that Cam Newton again. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't know. I, I hope we do. do but I, I, don't. I don't think you do either. And and plus, I thought that year his MVP season was the aberration. That was the anomaly. That was the like the outlier, if you will. The other seasons that he's been a part, his other seasons are more what you're going to get with Cam. Like I don't see him going back to that form. Right. And even more so, you mentioned Cam Newton. Are they making that plan? But at the Carolina Panthers are looking at the big picture, Ron Rivera is going to be evaluated. Yeah. And if you're evaluating your head coach and your quarterback, it might be time to scrap it all. So I think a lot is at stake as the season remains. And I, then I asked the question, we talked a little bit about this yesterday, if Cam Newton is no longer a franchise quarterback, is he going to want to go to somewhere else? And it's clearly somebody would pay him. Right. But is he going to want to go somewhere else? Is he going to want it that bad after he's made close to $100 million in his career? That's why I think it's more likely a scenario. He's the next Andrew Luck type guy who around 30 has played a lot of football, taken a big pounding on his body, a lot of surgeries, mm-hmm. decides to hang it up and says, you know what? I'm good. I don't, I don't want to go try to resurrect my career somewhere else. Sure. I'll just go ahead and ride off into the sunset and take my money and work on my secondary things, which he's into fashion. Right. He's into TV. He's got a lot of other interests similar to Andrew Luck. Then maybe he just says, you know what? That's enough for me. That's all I need. That's an interesting take. Plus his style doesn't just, it's not dropping a bucket and, and, and I mean, you have to almost build around what he does. Like exactly. it's not a, it's not a prototypical type of style quarterback where he could drop in fits in a lot of places, right? So you yeah. would be talking about building a whole new thing, uh, late in your career as a quarterback. I want to ask you specifically, we touched on this, um, yesterday also, um, the, the play call on fourth and one to end. Yeah. It. Yep. Did you have any problem? I didn't. Here's what I, I was listening to a couple different radio shows this morning driving into work and I, I heard and online. I saw a lot of people on social media crushing Ron Rivera and North Turner, the offensive coordinator saying, Oh, how could you not run a quarterback sneak there? How could you not run a quarterback sneak there? I get it. Cam Newton is a big guy. Maybe you do get that. I have zero problem with them giving the ball to Christian McCaffrey, who you very wisely observed is in the conversation for MVP. Yeah. He's the best player on that team currently. And that's typically what you would want to do is give the ball to your best player in that position. I had no problem with it whatsoever. Uh, and I also think it bodes, it's, it's worth it, it's worth it, worth it to note that Cam Newton did coming off shoulder surgery. Yeah. And if you're going to subject him in that spot to a quarterback sneak, even if you get it, what if you lose him for the season? Cause some linebacker comes over the top. Cause that's what they're going to think. 
They're going to send a linebacker over the top to jump at the quarterback, and it's going to be a collision in midair. Right. You're going to subject Cam Newton to that right after you just lost him for half the season last year and had off-season shoulder surgery. So I think that has to be considered, and I'm sure it was, and that's why they're not running because they had a bunch of third and short situations, yeah. fourth and short, and they didn't give it to Cam. I'm sure that has been a concerted uh, decision by Norv Turner and that staff to say, well, We've got an incredible playmaker in Christian McCaffrey. If right. we're in those situations, let's give it to him as opposed to letting Cam Newton take in that pounding. Well, yeah, Ron Rivera said he thought Christian McCaffrey had a good shot to, to yeah. score a touchdown. I, I have no no real beef with the play call. I'm not going to sit here and like Friday morning quarterback that. Like right. I, I the play call is what it was, but I do think it was interesting along the lines of you know what we talked about that shift in who our guy is. That that's what that that's what that signaled to me. That's what I took away from that. Um, and we may know it as a general public. But Cam Newton may be still fighting whose team this is. You, you understand what I'm saying? Players are always the last to know. They yeah. are. We talk about this all the time. <laughs> right. Player, he's still you don't know when building. your career is over. You don't know when you're the guy that's going to get the ball. You are now not the guy on that team. Christian McCaffrey is the guy. And that's what that said to me more than anything. It said, we're going to give it to the guy that we have the most faith in. Like I'm, and there may be something to the injury thing. There may be. And yep. if that's the case, I'll recalibrate. But from, from a fan's perspective, looking at it, it made me think, dang, that's this is we've changed guard now. Yep. It is now Christian McCaffrey's ball in North Carolina. And I, I I wonder, I really do wonder if you sat with um Cam Newton, had an open, no mics on, these are trusted friends, so he can say whatever he wants to say, whether he feels some kind of way about that. Yeah, I would I would guess that he does. I mean, guys have egos, you know, yeah. you've been the franchise quarterback, you've been the face of the franchise, it's starting to shift. There's something there to yep. it. I think you're very uh a wise observation there. Um, there was something else that unfolded in the game. Real quick, want to hit it. The the refs marking the football has always been something like where people say, why can't we do this electronically? Why can't we do it? And I've always been like, what's the big deal? When you see things that unfold like this in last night's game, and credit Will Brinson, our buddy from the Pick 6 podcast, watch this ref. First round marker. He's supposed to toss it to the other ref. They work it down. Are oh. you kidding me? How bad is this? Oh. This is where the inaccuracies come into play. And that's a pretty critical point in the game. Two minutes left yeah. to go. And they basically get you a half yard half just tossing yard. it down the line. And obviously, <laughs> they don't have the benefit of the yellow marker there that we do watching the television. Right. But it's just a perfect example of just how inaccurate it is when it comes to the ball placement, which I've, I've evolved. I used to be old school, like, who cares? But when you can see what type of – it's a game of inches. Oh, because well, They half, lose it, inches throughout the game. Half a yard costs you the game. Exactly. Yeah. It could, and that's – yeah. It did last night. Exactly. <laughs> so I, I am a fan. It, it's hard to explain, like, how it would work. But I do think at some point, maybe you put a chip in the football. The only thing it gets a little bit tricky is when you're like, where's the knee down yes. when the chip is in there? Right. There's no perfect science to it, but that is definitely an inexact science and not the best way to do it. Welcome back to Canel and Bell. Let's take a look around the NFL. We'll give our picks versus the spread. Last night was an ugly game. Hopefully we'll get some better ones this weekend. I would not expect it to come from the game that we're going to pick first. <laughs> I don't think it's a record for the biggest point spread. I think there have been some other games that have been slightly above this one. I'm surprised it's not. The Did this Patriots, line come down? It was at 19. It was around there. I actually jumped on it early expecting yeah. it to move in the 20s. It hasn't. So I'm like, uh-oh, am I right. going to be on the wrong side of this one? But the Dolphins, 18 and a half point favorite on the road in Miami against a team which completely shut it down against the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Ravens. They quit. It was over at the end of the first quarter. Yep. And yet the Patriots are only an 18 and a half point favorite. I still think you hammer the Patriots until I see the Dolphins team again. 
go out there and show some fight. I'm going to assume, especially when you've got Minka Fitzpatrick, who has been granted permission to seek a trade by the Dolphins. That's concerning. That's absolutely That's concerning. concerning. I think this team has hung it up. I don't think they care. I don't think the front office cares. I think they're trying to tank. And but you I can't think- get rid of a young. You can't. You can get rid of. Uh, uh, what was the linebacker's name? Um, Kiko Alonso. Uh, Alonso. Yeah, you get rid of Kenny Stills. Like right. you can get rid of, but you don't get rid of a got, second year or third year. Like I agree, he, he was an incredible it. player at Alabama. He's been one of the brightest spots of this defense. But you know what else they traded away? Laramie Tunsil, who was a focal point of one That's of the true. best, brightest That's spots. True. That's why there's this mutiny in the locker room. I think they're going to quit on Brian Flores. I think they're going to say. All right. Well, we're going to make sure we just dress out so we can collect our paycheck, but that's about all you're going to get from us, which is why I can't understand why this line is only at 18 and a half. If I were Brian Flores, I would be like, what in the hell are you doing to me? What are you doing? Like, what are, what are you doing? Because either well, you've told me that I am 100% safe and no matter what transpires this season, I cannot get fired. I need a guarantee. Otherwise, what the hell are you doing to me? Right. We, he, I, I would hope he would, cause he really has his hands tied. I mean, he is in a no-win situation. Uh, they did fire Cam Cameron after one year when they were one in 15, but they weren't trying to tank. Right. My hope for Brian Flores is that the front office is saying, you know what? This is unfair to you. We Correct. like you. They, they kind of have to say that. I don't know if they really believe it, but they're going to say, you know what? This is going to be ugly. Just kind of keep the ship steady. Don't make sure the players dress out. Like, I don't know what, I don't honestly don't even know what that conversation is like other than trust us. We're going to handle it. You still have security. But I mean, I have a friend of mine who is a Dolphin season ticket holder and he's not the type of guy to do this. He sent an email to the Dolphins and was like, I'm done. If you guys are going to roll out that product and no, I'm serious. And he's not that type of guy. Right. Right. He's not the letter writer. No, but I think a lot of fans are going to be that way. This is embarrassing and it's embarrassing product and they're going to hang it up. And I think the team will too. All right, I'm going to pick the game, but I want to say one more thing. Do you think that Brian Flores, in his heart of hearts, would rather, given the opportunity, have stayed in New England? Yes, I do. I think because if you're a defensive quarter of the New England Patriots, every single year you're going to have, you're going a, to chance. have a shot. At you're it. going to have a chance. You're going to be able to throw your hat in the, yeah. in the mix. And I think, yeah, if you would, because I think he grabbed the wrong gig. Yeah, he I think so. Unless they do say. Now he's obviously going to have a nice guaranteed. Con- he's going to get yeah. some money, yeah. but if they, they got to give him three years, they have to. And Maybe if, even four, but I just don't like it. Look at the Sixers. If you get look three, at the Sixers. I know GM. They said, "Yep, we're all on board." And then after three years of sucking, they get tired of it. And then guess what happens? After they fire him, all of a sudden they get to be good again. Yeah, that's the thing about like. Like this might put in work a situation down the road. to lose. Yeah, you yeah. maybe five years. But right. if you're a head coach and you got three lean years of talent, um, and you lose and then you're going to get fired. I don't give a dang on who you are. You're going to fire you. Guess what? You don't get it immediately. Right. Another head coaching job. Now you got to rehab that whole, you got to go through all those steps again, trying to get back to an opportunity to head coach. Having said all of that. I'm taking the Patriots laying the 18 and a half. I'm taking the Dolphins. Oh, you're such a homer. I should not That's do that. That's a homer pick. I know I shouldn't do it, but I don't think no, Bill Belichick, right. Bill Belichick doesn't run up the score on, on those dudes. Now, you know who else might, though? Antonio Brown, who supposedly is playing. According to reports, he is going to play for the Patriots. It will be a limited package uh, because they won't. he won't know the whole playbook yet, and he can rely on Tom Brady. You don't need a playbook against him. No. I, I'm taking the Dolphins. I'm, with, I'm, take, I'm taking the Patriots. I'm with you. All right, so I talked you out of it just well, like that. My team, the Patriots, uh, what was that What was that year they went 18-0? 
Oh, it was with Randy Moss and the crew. And they, yeah. they started off that year, I heard the stat, 11 straight games of beating the spread. Yep. Like, Vegas just couldn't keep up with them. Yep. I think this is probably against the Dolphins, one of the teams like that. I'll, I'll go with All the right, Patriots. Let's keep it moving uh, in a divisional matchup. Vikings, my guy Kirk Cousins, on the road at the Packers. The Packers weren't exactly impressive in their week one win against the Bears, but they did win that game. They're a three-point home favorite. Aaron Rodgers apparently wants the fans to stop doing the wave while he's on offense. I guess noise maybe wants to be able to communicate. I don't know other, any other reason. You got to be careful when you tell your own fans to calm down. Like, I always think that's a real dice. Yeah. He obviously has a cachet. He can do it, being one of the greatest to play. Right. But, I don't know, that's a peculiar one for me. I'm going to take my man. I'm Her Cousins only threw it 10 times. He was 8 of 10, yeah. but it's not so much about him. It's Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook is one of the most underrated players in the entire NFL. When he was at Florida State, everybody's like, Leonard Fournette, Leonard Fournette. I'm like, Dalvin Cook is the better running back. He's proven it. He's healthy. I think they are committed to the run, and the run game travels. I'm going to take the Vikings in this spot as three-point underdog. I hate to do this. Um, I don't you're, know you're if I trust the too Packers. I don't know if I trust the Packers, though, after what they did against the Bears. Right. I don't know that the Bears are very good, like – even though I picked them to come out of the NFC. Uh, I'm going to take the Vikings too, bro. I think I, I'm going to take the Vikings. All right. Uh, so we're both on board there as the Vikings getting three. All right. This game is interesting. Cardinals at Ravens. It's in Baltimore, mm-hmm. which I would understand why the Ravens would be favored. But they're a 13.5-point favorite. If you hadn't seen the Cardinals yet, or maybe you saw just the first half of their game against the Lions. You wouldn't know. I would understand. No, I would understand that point spread. 13 yeah, yeah. and a half. You, you wouldn't know what they were capable of. Right. But the f- 13, but the fact that they came back and they tied up the Lions in the back half of that game, Kyler Murray was a completely different quarterback getting some confidence. I think that's going to bode well. The Ravens, we just talked about how bad the Dolphins are. They hung it up. I like the Ravens to win this game. This number, to me, is way too big. So I'm going to take the Cardinals here, even though it's on the road. Kyler Murray's just in his second start. Me too. This is a Patriots number. This isn't a a Ravens number. Right. Early in the season. Right. I'm taking the Cardinals. Ravens by 10. Something like that, but 13 and a half is too much for me to. That one, uh, Ravens are one and six against the spread in their last seven games. So that's a, a trend that you could possibly follow there. I, did you, I, we just agree. Were we just, we, I think we have, we got to go different on one of these. Kyler Murray, they and Lamar Jackson, both incredible stories. Uh, is there, of one you could have of they're going to continue their play? Cause I don't think it's that crazy of a question. Cause Lamar was perfect. Five touchdowns and one. I don't think he sustains that level of play. I also don't think Kyler Murray sustains the level of play he had in the fourth quarter. Which one do you think is more likely to continue to have Lamar. a good year respectively? I Lamar. think so too. That year of experience is such a big difference maker. Yep. And, but I do think like his MVP odds shot up the charts. Yeah. And I think deservedly so because he was a long shot. Listen. He is a better thrower than anybody was giving him credit for. And I think he's going to have a really impressive year. If you had got Lamar Jackson like at his initial, like whatever the number was, that that's the type of story that people love to tell, right? Yep. MVP, you know, what no one thought he could play. Those are the type of stories that if the production is solid and your team is good, more, more than solid production, but if they're good, good numbers and your team is good, they'll throw an MVP at you just yeah. because it's a really good story. So that would be interesting. Um, I also think because, um, Lamar, I know Kyler can run, mm-hmm. but Lamar is can he can hurt you in a lot of different ways. So they could come out and throw the heck out of it, 
and then he could come out and they can implement a game plan where he, where he gets you for 120 yards on the ground. Like, you know what I mean? So there's he so many Michael ways. Vick 2.0. He's just as good of a runner and he's a better passer yeah. than Michael Vick ever was. So keep an eye on that to watch out for throughout the season. Uh, Chiefs on the road against the Oakland Raiders. Raiders. Better than anybody gave him a chance for in week one. The Chiefs are a touchdown favorite. I will let you pick this one take the first. Chiefs. I'm going to take the Chiefs. And I, I like the Raiders, but I'm going to take the Chiefs. All right, we've had too many on the same side. The Chiefs are 1-4-1 and four and one against the spread versus a team with a winning record, even though that winning record is only one. Raiders are 4-0 and oh against the spread in the past four home games. Yo. I'm taking the Raiders. There too big go. of a number in the NFL. Uh, I'm going to take the Raiders as a seven-point home dog. I like that. Black hole. Let's get it going. Saints on the road Ooh. in L.A. Ooh. against the Rams. Ooh. The Saints coming off that crazy. What was that, Joey? Oh, it's two. Some of our lines. we got to get this rundown updated, Joey. Come on. You're killing me. I guess I could read the graphic as well. Rams are a two-point favorite at home. Saints, after that crazy 58-yard winning field goal against the Texans, now a two-point dog against the Rams. Usually an emotional letdown after, like, you have those kind of games. Um, football, I imagine there's a little bit more time right there. You got more days to kind of yep. sell back up. But I do, this is kind of a rivalry game now, right? Saints. Yeah. Games. Revenge right. for the NFC championship. I'm taking game. the Saints. I'm going to take the Rams. I don't, I don't, I'm not buying into the Saints just yet. Everybody was like, there's going to be no hangover. Just hold on. Drew Brees was awesome. Yeah. Saints look good. I'm going to take the Rams at this one land too. That's our only difference so far. One more here. Eagles on the road against the Falcons. Another divisional matchup. Eagles, one and a half point. I do have that one right. The Sunday night matchup on the road in Atlanta. Philly takes that show. Uh, do they get it done? Yeah, the birds get it done. Which birds? Because <laughs> I was thinking dirty birds. Oh, that's, that's a good point. That was that's a good point. Paul Anderson was doing hey, uh, the I did dirty birds. <laughs> yeah. I know. I'm going to take the Eagles. Take All right, Eagles. you got the Eagles? Yeah. The Falcons, backs against the wall. It was ugly. Ugly yeah. against the Minnesota Vikings. They did not look good at all. I'll take the Falcons. There you Sunday go. Night. All right, so we got Steel. two of them that were different. In I need Julio Jones to have a big game regardless. Yeah, and, he, and Matt Ryan needs to have a bounce-back game too. Do you want to win $1 million? Of course you do. You could buy a boatload of shoes on StockX if that was the case. Well, who doesn't? Well, now your is your chance. All you need to do is play Parlay Pick'em with CBS Sports. In week one, a player hit a perfect parlay, 16 for 16, but fell just short on the challenge questions. This week, it could be you with $1 million still sitting out there. The process is simple. Download the CBS Sports app or go to cbssports.com slash parlay and submit your parlay card. Once you're done... You're immediately in contention for big-time cash prizes, including the chance at $1 million if you hit the perfect parlay. Download the CBS Sports app or visit uh, cbssports.com slash parlay now to take your shot at $1 million. All right, keep it rolling here on Canel and Bell. We just did our NFL picks. Let's look at the college football slate. The college football slate is not sexy, right? There are no, there's no Texas LSU. There's no Auburn, Oregon yeah. primetime game that you have to watch. There are some sneaky ones. I will give you a word of caution. Okay. If you are a team that is ranked, this is the first weekend without a ranked matchup since week seven of 2017, which was October 14th. What happened on that weekend? Seven ranked teams lost, five of them as favorites, including three as favorites of 16 or more points. Uh oh. If you remember, that was when Clemson lost to Syracuse on Friday night. Uh, on that weekend. So it's a sleepy weekend. There will be a game. 
that impacts the playoff picture. That's all I'll say. I don't know who it's going to come from. Mm-hmm. There will be a game that impacts the playoff picture this weekend. Mm-hmm. Let's start it off. I don't think it's this one because I don't know if either of these teams are in play. But Friday night, tonight, 6 o'clock, North Carolina, Tar Heels, worked over the Hurricanes. Not really. They needed a 4th and 17, and they got it uh, and won that game. Found a way to win against the Miami Hurricanes. They are 2-0. and What's that? Flip this table over. <laughs> All right, we won't want to get that happen. Seventeen. So they're taking this road. They're taking this show on the road. Yeah. Wake Forest. They are a three-point underdog against Wake Forest. One of these teams is going to start three and zero. It's crazy. Who's it going to be? I I, I think it's going to be North Carolina. And full, di- full disclosure, I haven't seen Wake Forest, so I don't really, I, I don't know why. I, I just like what Mac Brown's doing. And I like that freshman quarterback, that true freshman. Sam Howe is a stud. That fourth and seventeen throw he made. Yeah, man, I like him. So I'm going to take North Carolina. I don't know why. All right, because your emotion, you're getting emotionally attached. Uh, when you make picks, you have to separate it from. Because I love Mac Brown. I want him to take this thing and keep it rolling. It's a great story for college football. It comes to an end. Okay. Because really, they should be one and one, and maybe even zero and two. They've had some incredible destiny, like, but I didn't want to say luck because they still make plays, but. They're lucky to be 2-0. Okay. okay. So I think it comes to a stop. You know, I'll be rooting for them. I think Wake Forest gets it done and covers. Alabama goes on the road to South Carolina. South Carolina lost their quarterback, Jake Bentley, in week one. Ryan Helinski came in, played really nice last week. But Bama is a 25-point favorite in this spot going to Columbia. That's tough. That's a big number. Um, it's a big number, but Alabama's a big team. South Carolina is yeah, Ryan. South Carolina's bad this year. That's yeah. why it is a twenty five. I'm point taking number. Bama. I'm gonna take the other side. I'm gonna say Bama wins by twenty four. Okay. Like I think uh, it's gonna be really close to the number. Bama typically doesn't like to run it up, especially against conference opponents. There is a revenge factor of somewhat because the last time twenty ten Bama lost to South Carolina, but I don't think any of these players care about that. Uh, I'm just going to take the dog in that one uh, just because it's a lot of points. All right, Stanford against my squad, the UCF Knights. Stanford's going into the bounce house. Watch out. The number to this one jumps off the chart at you. UCF is a nine-point favorite in this spot. Yes, that is not a misprint on our graphic. They are a nine-point favorite in this spot. Upset alert. Oh, man. The Stanford Cardinal going to get it done? Upset alert. I'm not saying for sure. I think they cover, um, but I wouldn't be afraid. Would it be money line? Yeah, you would have to say line? money line or outright. Yeah, that would outright. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be afraid to throw a couple bucks on that. All right, get some value there. And uh, I like UCF, but I do too. I, this number is way too big for me. Mm-hmm. UCF still is not clear with who they're going to play at quarterback. They've had a little bit of a carousel going there due to injuries. Stanford actually gets back KJ Costello, their quarterback. They're coming off a rough loss to USC. It is a cross-country trip uh, for Stanford. There will be humidity issues, but I think this game is going to be closer. I think UCF wins, but it's more like a field goal type game. Yeah. I wouldn't mind it. There's probably some value as Stanford as it's just total dog to take them out, right? But I think if you're getting nine points, you might as well take them there. Right. So I'm going to take the card on that one. Florida Gators on the road against Kentucky. This 31-year streak was broken last year in Gainesville. They had, Florida had dominated that series. The number looks like they would dominate this game as an eight-point favorite. Kentucky playing with a new quarterback as well, losing Terry Wilson for the year. Sawyer Smith takes over. 
Florida's going to beat the brakes off of Kentucky. I think so. I, I, I think Florida, the way I view this, at least in football, and I could be wrong, is Florida feels like Kentucky is inferior to them mm-hmm. and shouldn't be in the same conversation, even though they're in the same conference. And they were embarrassed by the way it went down last year. Allow me to talk you into this. So this year, this is going to be pure statement. We are the big brother. Don't ever think you could jump up and play with us. They're going to put a whooping on Kentucky. All right. A lot of these games, a lot of these teams that lose their quarterbacks, we saw it with USC. They lost um, JT Daniels. Uh, they, I think they're better with Keaton Slovis. I think Kentucky is better with Sawyer Smith than they were with Terry Wilson. Okay. So it's sort of one of those blessing in disguise. You yeah. hate seeing players get injured. Sure. They, they might be in a better spot with a transfer coming in from Troy. I'm going to say Kentucky covers. I think this is kind of a, an interesting rivalry. I think Florida wins by a touchdown, but eight just out of there. So I'm going to take Kentucky in that one. Uh, Clemson, Syracuse quickly. I think Clemson destroys them. I think they cover the 27 and a half. It's a massive yeah. number. I don't think Syracuse is anywhere near as good as they were last year. I'm going to take Clemson too. I don't, I don't, I look, I think Clemson's going to roll. And, I, and you haven't seen, um, what's the young fella's name? What's the quarterback's name? Why can't I remember his name? Which uh, one? Trevor Lawrence? Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. You haven't yeah. seen him play great yet. Yep. And I think you're going to want to get him primed if you're, if you're dabbo in them. So you're going to let him roll a little bit. I think this is his stat game too. All right. Bethune Cookman on the road. Why are we picking Bethune Cookman? Because they're playing the Miami Hurricanes. They're currently off the board. Uh-oh. Is that telling you something? What is it? Bro. Does Miami win without question like 30 points? Or, and we're not going to do a, yes. a point. Come on, man. Don't do that. Come All on. Right. Come on. I, I, they what are, are going to win. We're That's why it's yes. off the board. It's going to be Come a massive on. number. Yes. Miami yeah. wins this one playing at home. All right. My Seminoles. We are not skipping this. Joey's like, why are you skipping this game? I want to save it for last. Save the best for last. Florida State going to Charlottesville. The scene of the crime when we were robbed, we were number one in the country, and Warwick Dunn takes the last play of the game and scores. We got robbed. We ended up losing that they game. They call a hold? No, they didn't say it was a touchdown because that was an instant review. They said oh. he was short. They said he was short and did not score. Florida State is a seven and a half point underdog to the Virginia Cavaliers. That tells you a little bit about something the state of the program. Yeah. Bronco Mendenhall's got a really good team. I am going with Skillet. Our boy Emery, Emery Hunt was on yesterday and said that he felt really uh, comfortable with the number and Virginia. Yeah. I'm going to go with our professional advice and I'm going to take Virginia. What am I? Chop liver. I'm not professional <laughs> advice. No skillet does a really good job. He had a really nice weekend last one going yeah. perfect. I mean, I can't. I, I just can't take Virginia in this spot. I really can't. <laughs> just can't. I have defended Willie Taggart. I have a bad feeling that what happened last week was when they were playing Louisiana Monroe, all of a sudden I'm getting texts. Yep. Joey's texting me. I'm getting Twitter. People are like, what is going on? This is bad. This has to stop. I have a feeling that could happen in this game. I will take Florida State because the one saving grace that I think they could have going for them this game, I think they could put up some points on Virginia. I think this offense will be able to score. The defense has been atrocious. 80 points in the first two games is the most Florida States have given up since 1983. It is bad on the defensive side of the ball, but I think they have some athletes out there. If they can get into a high-scoring game, I think they have a chance. So I'm going to take Florida State and the points. I don't hope for many things or wish for many things in, in, in sports, um, outside of the hurricanes looking good and winning. Right. I will hope and wish, uh, for Florida State because I really like Willie Taggart. And yeah. I really hope that he can start getting that thing pointed in the right direction and start getting some wins like that. And they build some momentum so that, that he could keep his job because he seems like a really good dude and good guy doesn't concerns. get you anything. No, but that's what I'm so saying. I, I hear I, you. Like, I, hear yeah, I hear you too. And for Florida State stability wise, yeah. they need to settle this thing down, but I don't think it comes this weekend. Uh, but keep an eye on that one. I'll take Florida State in the points. Uh, let's move on. Odell Beckham Jr. 
I don't agree with everything he says. Sometimes I think he says things to get attention. I don't like sure. the watch, off the field issues. I actually 100% agree with him on the accusations that he made about one Jets defensive coordinator. Have a listen. Like in preseason, like nobody in the NFL is really out to do stuff like that. Um, I mean, you know, I had players on this team telling me that that's what he was telling them to do. Um, take me out of the game in this preseason. So you just you just know who he is. Uh, just just the man. That's the man calling the plays. All right. So the play he's talking about, it is nasty. There is a uh, player that goes right for his knees, takes it out. It's ugly. Greg Williams has a reputation for this, and it is deserved. He is a dirty coach. He was part of that whole bounty gate thing, right? Yes, exactly, when he was with the Saints. Uh, So here's the play that he's talking about. That is as nasty as it gets. A player's safety going directly for Odell Beckham uh, Jr. You see Odell right when he came up. He was ticked, and he should have because that was a dirty hit. This is not a player going rogue. This is something that Greg Williams teaches his players to do. He tells them, do whatever it takes, and sometimes whatever it takes is getting players out of the game. I don't want to go as far as to say he's trying to injure players. He's trying to knock them out of games. There is a fine line. There's a little bit of a difference there. Why this hits home for me personally, probably like, why the heck do you care about this? And this didn't resonate quite as much as Odell Beckham hit. Yeah. But it did for me. (laughs) Right. So I was playing the Atlanta Falcons. We were going on the road to the Tennessee Titans. This was the year that the Titans went to the Super Bowl and lost to the Rams, the St. Louis Rams, the greatest show on turf. Right. Late in the season, we're going. We play on the road. No expectations for the Falcons. I was the quarterback, right? First half, I am having career passing day. Like, I I had never played as good with the Falcons. I had a couple touchdown passes. Was putting up some really good numbers. Third quarter, we come out. I go back to pass, drop back, throw it over the middle. All of a sudden, I throw it. One, two, and then all of a sudden, this defensive lineman, Joe Salavea, never forget his name. He's on the Oregon coaching staff now. All of a sudden, I have my knee taken out, knees bent the wrong way, tear my MCL. I've never been carted off the field at any point in my career. Had to be carted off the field, tore my MCL out for the year. Dan Reeves was livid. He actually petitioned the NFL to have Joe Salavea fined. The yeah. NFL's like, Danny who? Like, if it was, if it was somebody, anybody else, they would have fined the Can't player. But he actually, Dan Reeves actually did make the case that this was dirty. It was concerted. The NFL just kind of said whatever. But the defensive coordinator at the time was Greg Williams. I am convinced at this time he did not like some no-name quarterback running up some, some numbers on his team. Yeah. And that he said, Hey, we got to make him uncomfortable. Whatever that uncomfortable means. Took a shot at me, knocked me out. End of my year, I was put on IR. And then I would, I would even go far as to say I was never the same player after that because I never was. Yeah. And I was playing really well, was getting some confidence, and then was kind of shelved for a while. And it was, it's just, he has a reputation that I think is deserved. Greg Williams does there. So you, you would personal. know way better than me, but I would say this. I mean, he was in Cleveland last year, right? Yep. As a defensive coordinator. Yep. And if anyone would know, it would be the defensive players in Cleveland as of uh, the most recent players he's, he's Absolutely. worked with. And so if they told Odell Beckham Jr., yep. maybe there's something to that. You know what guys would do in the NBA? Like, cause there's very few ways that you can really hurt somebody like right. in the NBA. But if you get hot shooting the ball and there were guys out there, I ain't gonna say no names. Step under your feet. Come right up on your ankle. You. They see, they wouldn't even really contest the shot. They'd wait for you to get in the air. It'd be a late contest. And then you get the foot stuck out right under your landing space. Yeah. That's dirty. Yeah. There are little subtle, dirty tricks you can play. Some of them you just might roll a guy. He's out for the game. Yeah. Other ones you might really, really and, hurt somebody. And some, like, if could you imagine if he ended Odell Beckham's career or like, or made him a different player? He was out for a year. Right. You know, it's the type of stuff that's ridiculous. The NFL really should look at Greg Williams history and say, maybe they need to do something about it. Um, moving on. Gardner Minshew, my guy. Love this kid. Yeah. Washington State quarterback 
was fun. He'd be out there in warm-ups with his shirt off and game days there. And he's out there with a headband just having fun. Like he's yes. a fun-loving kid. So he is out there playing for the Jacksonville Jaguars. All of a sudden, Nick Foles goes down. He is now the starting quarterback for that team. Leonard Fournette talked about some of the uniqueness of Gardner Minshew. <laughs> Uh, preseason games, I like a lot of them. He used to, he used to, he used to be in the locker room stretching in a, in a jock strap. You know what I mean? So I was like, you know what I mean? He must think he must think we're still in college. That's, that's some college things, you know what I mean? But that's his ritual, and uh, I'm used to it now. He didn't put a stop to that? I mean, whatever make him throw 88%, he can have it. So I'm not going to stop. <laughs> I think a lot of people are like, what is what? going on? Some dudes are just kind of clowns, but in a funny way. Like, they're the class clowns. They're Bro. out there. They're stretching full, probably bending over in front of everybody, like just You're doing whatever in a jock strap. <laughs> if you see him deal with the media this week, he's got the mustache. <laughs> like, he looks like a used car salesman. That's doesn't hilarious. look like an NFL quarterback. It remind he reminds me a lot of Jake Prom uh, Jake Plummer who I played with in the Broncos because uh-huh. Jake was a fun loving dude who would just didn't really nothing bothered him he was just funny yeah he would actually run through the locker room like after practice he would wear only a jock strap would pull up the super high socks yep. and would put on like a headband and would be like running all around the locker room like all right who wants to get an extra lift in you know just kind of <laughs> making fun of everybody but it, sometimes there's so much stress in the locker sure. room. At some point, like guys like that, they just loosen everything up. And you know the thing that I think Gardner Minshew does that Jake Plummer did? They deliver under the clutch. Like, cause they don't, it's just nothing phases them. Right. And they just love playing the game of football. And I think that's where to get from the Jaguars. That's, I think that's where to get from Gardner Minshew. That's, yeah, I, I, that's, that's the wildest thing I've ever heard though. <laughs> really, right. really stretching in your jock strap. That's hilarious. Right. Thankfully it was in the locker room. Yeah. Like if you want to take it out on the field, that's a whole nother level. But I think it'll be interesting to watch how he does, uh, in his first career NFL start. I don't know if he's going to be impressive as he was coming off the bench, but something to keep an eye on. All right, that's it for us, man. We'll be back next week to wrap up all the games. Enjoy the games. I'm telling you, college football, sleepy weekend. Watch out. There will be an upset that's going to impact the playoff picture. That's my bold prediction for the weekend. Raj is going to try to go get those Kobe's. Anybody uh, have somewhere. a pair of 10s or 9s, holla at me. Hit them up. Hit up the show at Canel and Bell. Have a good weekend. Enjoy the games. Boom.